I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. They have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And... I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. Oh, what a start! All what they can benefit to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Great show on top for you today. The Premier League results were a little bit crazy. Lots of goals in Serie A and PSG romped to another big win. And Michael Hood, I'm sure, will be very happy with the way that the Marseille game finished. Joining me today, of course, is Michael Hood and my good friend and co-host Nigel Rio Coker. Let's get stuck into the action. But before we do, Nigel, I feel like we've got to ask Michael Hood, like, where is he right now? What are you doing? Like, Are you in a waiting room? Uh, I feel like I'm in a warehouse. It's every week. It's where in the world is Michael LaHood. And this time, I'm not going to tell you, but I am in North Carolina. Ah, nice. Hey, Nigel, how you doing, buddy? Great games this I'm weekend. Good, good. Always a pleasure to be back on with you, gentlemen, and looking forward to the many opinions we have and also people tuning in and putting in their thoughts as well. Yeah, we want everybody to jump in the conversation. Um, but real quickly, before we get into the Premier League games, we obviously want to begin with uh, Fulham and Manchester United, which took place today. Let's discuss real quickly about Ivan Tony uh, showing how it's done against Manchester City, because I've got a feeling that his performance really shone brightly for you, Nigel, but also the fact that it's a, a way to shut many people up and also to do your talking on the pitch, Nigel. Yeah, I mean, when you get into this kind of situation, you've got to think that, Gareth Southgate didn't help himself because of the comments that he made. It's best you just be a manager. You pick the players and say, these are the players that I wanted to pick. I'm the manager. You don't always have to give a reasoned decision behind it. But when you go and say, I didn't pick Tammy Abraham because of his form of goal scoring or, or form of not scoring goals. So yeah. form plays a part. Harry Maguire doesn't play. Calvin Phillips has come in, doesn't play. Carl Walker mm. was injured and just come in and you picked him. Uh, Ivan Tony is the second top goal scorer in the Premier League, only behind Erling Haaland, and he doesn't make your team. And then Callum Wilson, yes, he's picked on form, 
but there's a big big chance that he might get injured. We've seen his injury track record. It's not great. So you can get into it, but I think for Ivan Tony, it was great. He did well. Um, he's had a great season so far, doing tremendously well. Very talented young man. And I love the embrace that the manager gave to him to show how special and important he is. You know, when he came up behind him, when he was chairing the Brentford fans and he was hitting him on his chest to say, yep, yeah, this is the guy here. Really, really deserves it. And all he can do is take control of his situation. That's continue to play well, continue to score goals and let the rest fall into place. Again, if England don't win this tournament or get far or do well enough, these are the questions and that Gareth Southgate's going to be faced with. And these are what he's going to have to, he's going to have to answer and deal with. Mm. As I think of Ivan Tony's performance, I, I go back to the, the the magical words of the great philosopher or villain in football, Jose Mourinho. If I speak, I'm in trouble. Ivan Tony, the performance he put in class to have the mental strength. That's a disappointment. Biggest disappointment of your career thus far to miss out on a World Cup or potential World Cup to elevate your career to a new status. But football players, they how they react to adversity, that's that's what characterizes them. And Ivan Tony, it's why he's the captain of the team. But to do it against Manchester City, to do it against players who are going to be at the World Cup, that's a whole nother level. And I just became a bigger fan of him. Didn't say anything. And I love his celebration where he just drowns out the crowd, drowns out the noise, because that is the type of focus he will have to have to keep his career on track. Yeah, it was also pretty cool, actually, because you could hear some of the conversation that was going on between the players and uh, the coach at the end of the game. I think, um, obviously, when you watch the live coverage and you see what's happening post-game, the conversation is always the pats on the backs and the, the, the positive motivational talks towards him. But it's also him saying, you know what, that's what I do. That's how I do it. Do my talking by doing business on the pitch, man. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And it's a way to just show to everybody that maybe he should have been in there. And I just want to remind you, Nigel, you missed out one player who's in front of him. That is Harry Kane, who is on the plane to the World Cup uh, right behind Erling Haaland. But fantastic performance from him uh, individually this weekend and showing how it's done against Manchester City. Let's get into the Premier League action. Uh, Manchester United got a, a victory today, Michael LaHood, by two goals to one against Fulham. Uh, thanks to the youngster Garnacho. What a run. What a player. Two goals to one. Christian Eriksen opened to score in 14 minutes in before Daniel James scored against his former club to make it 1-1. Nice little comeback from Fulham. I thought Fulham were going to get a point. But all yeah. of a sudden, Garnacho said no with an absolute wonder go. He spared United's blushes. How the hell that game was 1-1 in any given moment. United created a ton of chances. Remind me a bit of the Chelsea match when United were on the front foot, didn't take their chances. Yes, they got the goal, but by halftime, that game could have been 3-0. Christian Eriksen had some. Marcus Rashford had some. Anthony Martial had chances. They just weren't as focused in the final third this game, but United, I thought they had too much quality overall, and the quality shown from a full perspective. What? Keep going, Mike. I'm coming oh, for you. I'm, I'm going, okay, sharp, hey, sharpen the blades. Actually, put the, the dull knife out I see for that this confidence one. Michael Hood today. You got nothing on this one. At the end of the day, individuals step up. And this Garnaccio kid, he missed out for Argentina. He will be on the plane for the next World Cup for Argentina. Mark my words. He's a star in the making. Let's just focus on the now and not the next and the future, right? Because no one knows what the future holds. <laughs> Ian, I don't know what game Michael saw, but Manchester United were lucky today. Did what he not lucky? see the saves that, that David De Gea had to make? The fantastic saves he had to make? It wasn't a great Manchester United performance. No, it was Nigel. not. If Fulham were a lot more clinical, that would have been a different game. Nigel, did, you, did, United, you not see, did you not see the, the, the chances United created? Or is that just... 
forgotten about. Well, they didn't create that many great chances. They, they didn't create did. that many great chances. They, no, they missed didn't. a ton of chances. All I'm saying is this. All I'm going to say on that game, because we have to move on, is oh. Ganacho is a breath of fresh air for me, Ian, because he reminds me of old school wingers. He was on the touchline. He gets the ball. What I like about him, Michael, is he just goes at defenders. He mm-hmm. runs right at them, willing to take them on, beat the defender. He's still so young, but you can see there's tremendous talent behind that young man. The more games he plays, the better he's going to become. I love his aggressive nature in the sense of taking defenders on. It's great to see because I feel sometimes that, in my personal opinion, some teams are so coached that they become so robotic that they don't really get to express themselves outside the boundaries of a system or a style that a manager has in place. He's a breath of fresh air because of what he does. He reminds me of old school wingers, McManamans, Kanchelskis, all those type of players willing just to take people on. And um, let's not forget, though, Hmm. it was a world-class pass by Man United's best signing so far this season in Christian Eriksen. People think it's easy, but that pass and that weight and that quality shows why Christian Eriksen is the best player that Man United signed this season. Well, thanks to everybody who's jumping in the conversation right now. Cynthia Cross, hey to you. And also a nice little comment. Fulham collapsed for that Garnacho goal defence. Let him walk through. Manchester United got lucky. But I will say this though, Cynthia, I thought the individual brilliance that Nigel's touch upon here is the fact that the kid just went for it. And also the turn of pace just before he actually finished was something very special. He should never have got there. The defender should have done better. But that turn of pace, that last little turn of pace got him ahead of the defender. And then you can't bring him down. And the finish is just brilliant. Maybe you could question the goalkeeper's position. um, But at the end of the it was a fantastic finish and Rafa's also jumping in the conversation saying Martial is somewhere is nowhere near the standard in his opinion he's also saying crazy he's still on the books at Manchester United I almost actually brought that up to you Nigel in the chat but I wanted to start with this game because I've got a few useless stats for you here's the first one Christian Eriksen is the first Danish player to score for Manchester United since Peter Schmeichel versus Rutter Volgograd in the UEFA Cup in September 1995 another useless stat for you uh, Garnacho in November alone becomes the youngest mm. overseas player to score for Manchester United European competition becomes the youngest player to register two assists in a game for Manchester United and scores his first Premier League goal in the 93rd minute to win the game. The reason why I wanted to start with that game was to get you, Michael LaHood, fired up to get Nigel (laughs) stuck into you so that we can start at the top of the table because Manchester City lost and Mm. Arsenal won. I don't even need to discuss any more than the fact that there is now a five-point gap at the top of the table now. Nigel Rio Coker, this is something incredible that's happening with Arsenal Football Club. The way they got the job done, maybe a bit lucky they played after Manchester City's result, but my oh my, they got the job done in fashion. Ian, listen, credit to Mikel Arteta, like I said, what he's done there, and I think James alluded to it as well, that he's really built a team spirit. We talked about it in a previous pod when I talked about characters and Aubameyang feeling he was the big fish there and Mikel Arteta didn't like that got rid of him and what I should have added to that as well is it's no surprise he got rid of him because if you look at the man he mentored under Pep Guardiola what did Pep Guardiola do at Barcelona all those big characters and big players with big personalities they didn't stay long at Barcelona because Pep Guardiola wanted a certain type of team environment which is what Mikel Arteta has built at Arsenal I think it's great for Arsenal. I think they really do look good. The Premier League is Arsenal's to throw away. That's all I have really? to say on that. The Even Premier this League early, Nigel? Is, it, uh, I don't agree with that. It is Arsenal's to throw away. They've, mm. they've earned the right to be there. They've proved a lot of doubters wrong with some of the results that they've got against the top-tier teams. And really and truly, they've earned the right to be there, Mike. I feel they are. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that part. to throw away. And I say that because still for me, 
Five points isn't a lot of points. There's still a long way to go. This World Cup is going to throw so many spanners in the works that no one can predict it. Anyone who thinks they can say what's going to happen is absolutely lying. We don't know how this World Cup's going to turn out, what's going to happen with injuries and players and mm. players coming back and how quickly the Premier League gets going again and how injuries can affect the run. But for me, I'll credit to Arsenal, fantastic. It's their title to throw away now. Mm. I think Arsenal are a team in terms of form, in terms of team compatibility, in terms of just about every metric in football where everything is going their way, injuries, they haven't struggled with injuries as much. Bakayo Saka looked like he was going to be out. He's back in. Granit Xhaka, that's their biggest injury concern right now. Fabio Vieira, Vieira comes in and plays the part. He helps he with great. the assist on the second goal. Brilliant. This is an Arsenal team that's showing depth in ways that I questioned at the start of the season and continued to question, but they're answering the toll of that bell. But when I look at the five-point gap and everything has gone your way, and you earned, I didn't say everything's gone your way, you've earned that five points. They have to play a pretty difficult schedule after the break when they come back. You don't think Manchester City is going to up it one more? You don't think Manchester United, who beat them, is going to up it one more? Liverpool getting back in track? They have earned the right to be where they are. I will not discount that. But this Arsenal team, I think it is too early to just give them one hand on the title just yet. I think no, I'm not saying they've, got, they've got a five-point uh, five advantage, right? But mm. I think your point, Michael, is more the fact that they've only played 14 games. So there's a long way to go before yeah. saying it. But I can understand where Nigel's coming from here. I mean, listen, they've got a five-point lead. It was massive for them to pick up those three points against Wolves. I mean, you cannot even describe it. I actually lost some money on Manchester City losing that game <laughs> and immediately went out and put some money on Arsenal because... You just know that Arsenal were never going to pass up that opportunity to have a five-point advantage going into this break, not knowing how teams are going to come back from the World Cup, where they're going to strengthen as well. Obviously, they, you have the, the Christmas period to go through as well. So it's going to be crazy for these players, um, but pretty impressive, to, uh, in my opinion. One point I want to bring up, Nigel, before we obviously talk a little bit more about these two and then move on is the way that Arteta is just pulling the strings with these people. I mean, these are human beings who are listening to every freaking word he says. I haven't seen him, a coach other than maybe Pep Guardiola get that type of respect from the players. When he pulls them to the side, they listen to every word he's saying, and maybe we're starting to see how good a coach Arteta really is. It's easy to do that, though, Ian, because when you're winning, that's the reality. Mm -hmm. When you're winning, it's easy. And then what he's done well is he's created the dressing room environment where everyone is on the same page. They have the same goal, which is winning football matches and winning that league title. There isn't that big ego there no more. There isn't that I'm their head guy, everyone. No, you can really see the togetherness and team spirit that he has built in that Arsenal dressing room. And that's what's carrying them right now. And like mm -hmm. you said, I, I do think that they earned the right to be there. They've got some results which have been very eye-opening for me. And the old Arsenal would have crumbled, would have probably squandered some of the leads that they had and weren't tough enough to grind out results. They're showing all the characteristics you need to see to win a Premier League title. I don't think five points is a lot, but that's why I say it's still theirs to throw away because the confidence should be with them, the momentum's with them, and they should be able to hopefully go all the way. Mike's just Mike, Mike I, got Man United. I, I just want to jump in here. <laughs> jump in before you react to that, Mike, because... Yeah. Let's not forget that Manchester City lost at home. They've yeah. kind of struggled in many games this season where they've conceded goals and again conceded goals. And then to concede late, 98th minute of that game and throw away what probably could have been an important point for them um, just doesn't seem quite right for them right now. Was maybe the mind and attention from a lot of these players on the World Cup? 
Absolutely. I think a lot of them took the foot off the gas at the end of that game thinking, let's not get injured. I've got to go to camp in a few days. A lot of these players are playing in friendly games either Thursday or Friday with the World Cup in mind. That's my <laughs> day, right? I know that what I'd be doing, I'd be thinking, oh, man, maybe that 50-50 challenge on that counterattack when it's 1-1, maybe these players are not going full throttle. But at the end of the day, that's that's taking a bit too much credit away from what Brentford did at the Etihad. I thought Brentford were first class. Brentford's positioning and sitting in that low block, absorbing pressure, and then hitting on the counter late in the game, you don't see a lot of teams willing to throw that many numbers forward. It reminds me a bit of what Aston Villa did at the Etihad in the last day of the Premier League season, where they almost caught City napping. And Villa, they were willing to stick three players high, but it was the fullbacks and wingbacks getting forward with pace and effectiveness. Manchester City put both outside backs high, so those center backs for City are going to be 2v2 on the counter, and Brentford played it to perfection. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I was just going to say to that, Mike, is uh, for me, I've seen a few teams do that, though. So it, mm. it's it's not really a new blueprint how Brentford performed. The thing what people have to understand is you need to have pace to scare mm. a team like Manchester City. If you've got mm. pace up breakaway top pace. or three to break away and they've got quality with the pace, it's not pointing just having pace with no quality, but pace with quality, intelligent football players. That's what Brentford had. And they got the results. That's what it is. Yeah. When you play against those big boys, you need to have pace to be able to kind of have any kind of counterpunch. Yep. A couple of nice comments coming in here. I think the five-point gap just gives Arsenal a buffer. They will do well to finish top four. Wow. Ooh, ooh, wow. Oh, man. To top four right there. <laughs> he must, Rafa be, he says, must be a Man United fan. <laughs> uh, more, hey, what, there is a North London rival. Leave us out Did of you it. just say we found Michael Hood's burner account? Rafa Cardenas. Brentford nullified Haaland. You just saw it across your streams a moment ago. It said when he gets uh, when he can't get shots off, he offers nothing else. I mean, he's an in-the-box type of player. Cynthia, how good is Odegaard, though? Only KDB plays the playmaker role better in the EPL. I'll tell you something about Odegaard. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a proper footballer, though. And I will, yeah. I will say this. We've obviously followed him because he's made big noise when he was a young kid, made a move to a massive club. And, you know, it was kind of frustrating at time getting minutes. And now you found him at a place where he looks happy. He's got a bit of experience under his belt. We're starting to see the real Odegaard. So good performances from him. Uh, Thomas, congratulations to you. Top of the league at Christmas, boys. Well done to you, Matt Osman says. I still think Jesus doesn't score enough goals. Arsenal need a real killer to come mm. in January. Great talking point because he hasn't scored for a while, right? So it's a massive talking point that maybe we can come back to later on. Let's move on. We will go to Newcastle United against Chelsea. Uh, Newcastle getting a massive win here. Will it getting the goal assisted by Almiron? Newcastle into third place in the table. Chelsea down to eighth in the table. Newcastle have won their last five Premier League games in a row, undefeated in the last ten. Chelsea no wins in the last five Premier League games and lost their last three. Newcastle on fire. I mean, why are they playing so consistently well, Nigel? What are you seeing from this Newcastle side, especially at home? I mean, from what I've seen over the last, what, 18 months under Howe, they've been spectacular at home, and that's where you get the job done. There's been a buzz around the place, Ian, uh, from the takeover. Um, what people have to understand, especially people listening, because obviously Newcastle is not a luxurious club as others that they may know of over years. Newcastle Football Club is the heartbeat of the city. And then since the investments come in, it's just been a more bouncy place, healthier place. The fans have got behind the team. And what helps is having a manager in place and a coach in place who knows exactly what he's doing. And just to show 
how good Eddie Howe is, is the fact of Callum Wilson did an interview and I think they said, and Callum said that he would run through brick walls for this manager. Yeah, it's yeah. because it's beyond just having a manager. It's the personal connection that he has with his players as well. I give credit to them. The recruiting has been great. They haven't just gone in and just spent loads of money to say we are the richest club in the world, which they are. They've just done it the right way, getting the right players, putting the right puzzle pieces together for a big term project. And it, that place is bouncing. Whenever you play there, it's a difficult place to go and get a result because you're not just playing a simple football club in a nice city. You're playing against the whole city because that is the heartbeat of that city. And he's, he's just making it look so good and so easy. And you can see as well with every result, the confidence in the players is growing and growing and the belief is growing even more so that they can really achieve something great this season. I go back to what they did last season. When Eddie Howe got the job, the takeover happened. Newcastle, the foundation of this Newcastle team is to be difficult to play against. Yes, the quality is coming through on the offensive end, but last season, how they ended the season, being difficult to play against, being solid in midfield, that connection between the midfield three and the back four, they grinded out results. And this season, the play of Miguel Almiron, this Newcastle team just fits his strengths. He's got paced by the boatloads and his ability to cut in on his left foot. He set up that goal for Joe Willick. Joe Willick, what a finish. He did Arsenal a favor, his former club, by the way. I think he's biased to having Arsenal win the Premier League with finishes like that, but that's another show we're going to do. Newcastle, you put Cal Wilson on the bench. Wilson, with his England call-up, much deserved, well-deserved. Chris Wood giving Chelsea fits giving them a handful and yep. uh, that's when you know you're running have up the special. wings <laughs> <laughs> yeah piano on his back running up the wings now credit to chris wood for for just what he's been doing for newcastle but that's when you know you have something special and we've all been on winning teams where it doesn't matter who you put on the field confidence is contagious and when players like chris wood callum wilson joe willick step in joe linton who was selfless on that goal coming in between was it Kovacic and Jorginho who looked lost? And we'll get to Chelsea in a minute. But coming in, his movement into the middle of the field, that's what sparked and sprung Miguel Almiron to set up the goal. Yeah, before we get into Chelsea, I just want to ask you a question, Nigel, because obviously you, you're talking very highly about Newcastle right here. Over the next three or four years, could you potentially see with the right signings being made, Newcastle pushing all the way to possibly winning the Premier League? Yes. yes. Newcastle is a big Ooh. club. For people probably... Outside of England, I don't think they realise how well supported that club is. That club is a huge club. Playing at home is a massive advantage. When the fans are behind that club and when the belief is in the players, it's a very difficult place to go to. And I think like what Michael said there, everything that Michael said is 100% right. But all that falls to is credit of a good manager. Yeah, yeah. The manager, Eddie Howe, is responsible for that. He's one of the best British managers we have and everything he is doing. If you look at where he took Newcastle from, from last year in the mm -hmm. relegation zone, like bottom of the Premier League pretty much to yep. where they are now, that is amazing management. And obviously we're going to get into something else now when we talk about Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Look at the instant impact he had with lesser quality players, not world-class mm -hmm. players, and he had an immediate effect they looked way more organised. They played great attacking football. The transformation from Joe Linton being a striker to now a box-to-box -box beast in midfield is mm. absolutely phenomenal. 
Mm-hmm. Right place, right time when it comes to a manager like that. And I thought you'd have to give Newcastle a ton of credit because now you have this new takeover. You can go and get anyone in the world that you really want because you have the money to be able to try and pull them to your football club. You can go and sign any player you want because you have the money to do so, obviously within financial restrictions. But credit to them to get uh, how and, and the way that he's handled this business has been absolutely sensational. Real quickly, let's touch on Newcastle. Um, obviously, you saw the comment coming in right there from Cynthia. She's changed her answer. She thinks that Potter will get sacked before the season is over uh, no wins in the last five Premier League games and lost the last three games I mean I guess the question Mike should be should he have even taken this job was it just a step too far for him or just the wrong club I think it's the wrong club a club in disarray I mean he was hired by a guy who's a businessman not a, an outright knowledgeable person on football a club that has massive holes in it and the holes are starting to show and if Todd Bowley if you're watching this I did not say it my name is Nigel Coker do not get me mixed up Nigel Coker said that it's opposite day I switched my names ah had to get that yes. off my chest I knew you had no, to get but... scared in the end I knew you had to get scared come on now Nigel you know everyone's watching House of Champions we are global baby because that's Mike, what we do Mike, let me teach you something right you just go until someone tells you not to go, all right? So just have confidence in what you're saying. Back up. Okay. And if someone's going to come after you, deal with it then. No, but to round out that point, this is a Chelsea team that they're, they're just ailing right now. You have a, a slow midfield. And whether you get Pep Guardiola, Zinni Zidane, or whoever, the, the, the problems are still there. Jorginho is part of the problem. He's not mobile enough in this Premier League midfield in this Premier League era. You have to have speed. You have to have mobility and movement. N'Golo Conte, it shows his value to this Chelsea club. N'Golo Conte, what is that saying? Two-thirds of the world are covered by water. The rest is covered by N'Golo Conte. Well, that that's true for Chelsea. The, the, the fires he puts out in this team are getting exposed right now. Nigel, jump in, please. Ah, Michael, Michael, Michael. Anyway, let's just say... <laughs> Like you said, an American owner's gone into Chelsea thinking he can have it as a play toy and it's a big reality check that the, the Premier League and football is not as simple as how you run other American sports. For me, Graham Potter is under pressure. That's the reality. I think yeah. that he knew what he was getting into when he took that Chelsea job. From when you leave Brighton and when you go to Chelsea, there's a tremendous amount of pressure. And I think it was James that said it as well on the pod that he's been to Stamford Bridge And he still hears fans moaning and singing for the previous manager, but he hasn't heard anyone singing that they want Graham Potter there. So that's a bit of a worry. The performances have not been great at all. And the reality how he's going to be judged is you still have some of the best players in world football. You've got top class level football players. You should be winning games. They should not be losing to Newcastle the way they did. The problem that you've got now is recruiting when you've got an owner who wants to be very actively involved in recruiting, but knows nothing about football. So everyone's going to be coming, giving him their ideas or their beliefs without him really knowing how it's going to work or whether we should go that way. So I think that he's under tremendous amount of pressure and I don't know how long he's going to last at Chelsea because whichever way you want to look at it, whatever you want to say, when you go to a club like Chelsea with the players that they have, you have to succeed and you have to show a certain style and statue of playing. And yep. right now, I'm not seeing anything. 
especially when you have a new owner coming into yes. a, yeah. a group and uh, especially an American owner who only wants to win, doesn't probably understand the meaning of the word lose and probably has never lost anything in his life, whether it's in a financial market, businesses or whatever it may be, they move on quickly. If they're losing money or if they're losing businesses, they get rid of it and they move on very quickly. So I just, I'm intrigued to see how he reacts to this, uh, but he's not the only one who's on the hot seat. Let's have a quick look at some of the other results from the Premier League this weekend. Uh, Frank Lampard, absolutely Absolutely under pressure. Everton going down mm. by three goals to nil against Bournemouth. Liverpool did have a big win against Southampton. Three goals to one. Nunes absolutely heating up for them. Forrest with a massive win and much needed win against Palace. Uh, Zaha did miss a penalty kick. And West Ham, they oh. lost by two goals to nil to Leicester City. The Hammers, wow. Moyes under Whoa. pressure. Uh, brings me to my next talking point, Nigel Rio Coker. Uh, five Wait. managers have been sacked <laughs> this season. Ian, Go ahead. sorry to interrupt you. Just before we go, Please there's, do. Break, there's breaking news. Go Ronaldo on. had a sit-down interview with Pierce Morgan oh, and no. says he feels betrayed by Manchester United. Pierce Morgan oh. interview with Cristiano Ronaldo, 90 minutes. I think it's all on social media right now and he feels he's being forced out of Manchester United. That is absolutely unbelievable. I'm sorry. Very oh, interesting. That's unbelievable. Interesting. Yeah, Michael, 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 real quickly, tell us what your thoughts are right here. You know what? I, I was going to say, we we're talking about people that need to be sacked. He needs to be put on the sack list alongside David Moyes. I, I, this is ridiculous. This is the same guy who said Manchester United weren't good enough for him because he's a Champions League guy. Now he's sulking and sobbing, saying, I feel betrayed. Get out of the club, man. It's time. Put him on the January transfer list. Wow. No, let, that let is unbelievable. You, I'm, I'm let sorry. Let me just tell I'm, you I'm, what we're talking about here. The, the Sun newspaper has put it on the front page, Nigel. United have betrayed me. I don't respect Eric Ten Hag. No empathy for my sick girl. I've been mm. made to be the black sheep. Ronaldo world exclusive with Pierce Morgan uncensored in the Sun newspaper, which is breaking right now. Thank you very much to Nigel Rio Coker for Brizzo Romano. Just uh, posted it on his Twitter. That is I'm a sorry. massive, massive headline. Ronaldo right now. has wow. no idea what it means to be a black sheep. Like I, I'm, yeah. that, that, again, but do you know what? Honestly, Mike, I know it's your team. I have no sympathy for Manchester United because you created this monster. You created this situation. You should have never brought Ronaldo back to the club, but you're so desperate to, to, to get the fans on side and you think just signing a big name helps instead of building something for the future. That was all it was, bringing Ronaldo back. There was no yeah. need to do that. It was so a now quick you fix. made this monster, you have to deal with it because now that takes away the shine of Manchester United's win today against Fulham where they're in a good place just before well, just the to Christmas hit on break. That. Now your manager has to deal with something like this instead of just worrying about football. Well, just to hit on that, it, it does come at a good time because the World Cup break takes away from club football. The club, mm. does, If the club uses this time wisely, they will find an exit tra strategy. And if Cristiano Ronaldo is on this team and in this club through the January transfer window, then that point is going to be just put gas on it, put added fire, because it's going to be an absolute hellfire towards the end of the season. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Breaking news coming in once again. Michael Hood claiming that Ronaldo has just signed for Austin FC in Major League Soccer. <laughs> just kidding, everybody. But watch this space with Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Fabrizio Romano, we're going to have a, a great conversation with him tomorrow on the podcast early on, 9 a.m. Eastern. So please jump in on the conversation. We'll get the latest and greatest news from Fabrizio. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, headline 
in the British newspapers. Uh, but again, it is a crazy situation what's happening to Manchester United. Real quickly, five managers have been sacked um, this season so far in the Premier League. Who's the next one to get fired? The favourite is Frank Lampard at 9-2, Jesse Marr 7-2, Steve Cooper 6-1, Thomas Frank 7-1, probably no more, David Moyes 10-1, Graham Potter 16-1. Next manager, just give me a name, Nigel Rio Coker. I have two neck and neck. I'm going to have to say, if I had to pick one, just because of how unstable ownership is at the club, I'll have to say David Moyes is under it at West Ham. Just because of how unstable West Ham's ownership can be at times. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I say Moyes, in addition, because they got some influx of new talent in. Skamaka, you spend money, you have to deliver. Moyes, out. Producer Des put this one up because Nigel's going to love it. Samuel Popuala saying, one of my favorite players while I was growing up, Nigel Real Coker. Wow. You must be at Samuel, least years you old. Samuel, Nigel. You know Samuel. <laughs> Nigel. Listen, Samuel, they don't make them like me anymore. You tell me how many players you see at the age of 19, 20, captain in championship and Premier League size. They don't make them like me no more, mate. Cut from a different cloth. Nigel, they still don't make people like you anymore. <laughs> no. that's, that's why you're on our show, right? That's why you're on our show. It's why you're hosting the show alongside uh, me and Michael, uh, because we don't give a shit. We just say what we want to say. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's take a quick break. When we return, we'll take a look at what else happened around Europe's top five leagues, including a trip over to Serie A. We'll have a quick look at League 1. And of course, a bit of Bundesliga. You're watching House of Champions. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Just so you know, there are no breaks in the soccer calendar. And to celebrate the fact Paramount Plus is offering listeners a 50% annual savings on P Plus subscriptions, UCL, UEL, Serie A, NWSL, and so much more. Click on the link in the description or scan the QR code. Nigel, please, come on. Click the link and make sure you use the offer code all year to save 50% on your annual P plus subscription. You're watching House of Champions. It's Ian Joy alongside the boys, Nigel Rio Coker and Michael LaHood. Let's get stuck into it. We're going to have a quick whip around the rest mm. of Europe before we get out of here and just wrap up the domestic and club football action. The World Cup is right around the corner. Uh, oh, wait a minute, Nigel. We got another comment. Just kidding. No more comments coming for you. Let's get into <laughs> Serie A. Let's begin with Juventus against Lazio. Uh, what a great performance it was from Juve today. Uh, they have been on fire. Uh, three goals to nil against this Lazio side. The last six games for Juventus, six wins, 11 goals scored, zero goals conceded. 
Great day for Moise Kane. Uh, great day for Milik to wrap things up. Statement performance as they leapfrog Lazio in the table and continue to move up. Nigel Rio Coco, you predicted this. I mm. predicted it. So turn around. Um, I think I'll give it the same kind of credit as I'd say for, I know we're doing a wraparound of Europe, but I'll give it the same credit for Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. Turn things around. You know, what? this is what can happen when you do give managers a bit of time. I wouldn't still say that Juventus should stick for this for the long-term plan and goal. I think a change definitely does need to happen. But mm. right now, they're representing the club as the way they should. They're winning games. Um, it seems like they've really had a good heart-to-heart in the sense of in the dressing room and sorted out some of these things. And now they're just concentrating on football and they're playing good football. Great, great run of form. And I can I see it to continue for a while. When I look at this Juve lineup, two players are not in it that I think were part of the problem. Benucci and Vlahovic. Vlahovic obviously going to the World Cup. But Milik, he looked the better of the two strikers up until Vlahovic not being part of the formula. And Rabio, he was the unsung hero this game. I thought he was first class going box to box in midfield. His pass on the Moise Keen goal, the first goal, Excellent stuff. Recognizes the strength of his teammate, Moise Keen, doing well to stretch the opposing back line using his pace. Moise Keen looking more composed. Scored, what, three goals in the last two games for U of A? Looking very much like a match winner. Yeah, very much so. Uh, just want to remind you that Lazio, they have had the kiss of death from Michael Hood because since you started just going after them, <laughs> oh, they've been man. inconsistent. And today yeah. I was so disappointed, Mike, with Lazio. They really let themselves down, didn't perform well, didn't really crack that UV defense, which has been absolutely spectacular. I just mentioned the statistics. They haven't conceded a goal in six games, UV. Ian, this is hmm. this is probably championship winning potential. Ian, they were what? playing suicide football. Do you see how high their line was? Mm-hmm. That was suicide football, having such a high line when you're playing against Moses Keane. Simple ball in behind. It yeah. doesn't have to be attractive. And mm-hmm. like I said, you've got pace, but you have to have quality that comes with it. And it was a great finish by the young lad to yeah. lift the ball over the goalkeeper. That's great composure. But when you play such a high line, you're asking for trouble against good opposition. But that's a Mauricio Sarri way. He knows no other way. His team's go-to press. He did it at Napoli. He tried to do it with Chelsea. And he's doing it here with Lazio. This is a Lazio team that is missing their best player at the end of the day. Chiro Immobile. Immobile scores goals in big games like this. That's why Lazio were even in this position. Immobile has been out and continues to be out ahead of the World Cup. They need this World Cup break more than a lot of teams. And we'll touch on another team too, Atalanta, that needs it as well. Well, Juventus move up to third place, but let's touch on Atalanta against Inter right now. Uh, Inter getting the win by three goals to two. Lukman scores again, but Dzeko, he really stole the show with a a double for Inter. Inter have now won six of the last seven games. Atalanta have gone from second all the way down to six in the standings after losing four of their last five games. Eden Dzeko's having a year. Six in Serie A, nine across all competitions. Carrying a lot of uh, weight, Michael, for this Inter side as they wait for Lukaku to come back. But this is a, a statement performance, a statement victory for for Inzaghi and uh, potentially puts them back in the hunt as well. Inter is playing just breathtaking football. I mean, the character to go down away from goal in a difficult place to play hasn't looked like a difficult place to play as of late. I think third straight loss in Bergamo for Atalanta at home, looking like a team that's lost. But for Inter, it's the relentlessness when they get the ball wide, getting both wing backs up, Denzel Dumfries on one side, and, and gosh, their, their left wing back, whose name is escaping me right now, but it, it, it will be back on my mind probably at the end of the show. But the number of players they get into the box, that's the interway, getting the ball wide, getting midfielders in, Cherenoglu as a defensive midfielder, even he on the first goal, it was Cherenoglu who sidesteps 
his attack or his opposing midfielder and drops the ball in the flick from Latoro Martinez finds Edin Dzeko, who's playing on pure instinct. His movement in the final third, that's what made him the striker that went from Wolfsburg to City and to Italy. Yeah, great point. Is it DeMarco you're talking about? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I knew it was going to come back to me. Yeah, DeMarco. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get there in the end there. Nigel, yeah. uh, let's move on to AC Milan against Fiorentina. Uh, that one wrapped up today. AC Milan got a last-minute winner in that game. Uh, Rafa Leal scored an opening goal, sixth goal in Serie A for him two minutes into the game. Uh, Barak equalized. Fiore played very, very well in this game and probably deserved to take something from the match before Milan got an own goal. Milenkovic scored the own goal, um, second in Serie A now. This is somehow some way you've got to get the results. And even though Milan probably didn't deserve it, Nigel, they still get a massive three points and remain second. Massive three points for Milan. They're still in the hunt. I feel that they're the realest mm. and closest contenders to Napoli, in my honest opinion. I think Inter, like Michael said, Michael covered everything perfectly well about Inter. I think with Inter, Inter will still have those moments of inconsistency as the season progresses. But Milan, for me, I feel the one team that can be a lot more consistent and will be the real challenge for Napoli for this Serie A title. But when things are going right, confidence is right, luck always falls in your favour. And that's what happened with this Milan here. And I think they can go now, this break, this this World Cup break, in a very good position. And uh, I'm sure they'll be looking forward to coming back to the season again to really push Napoli in the second half of the season. Uh, well, a player Mike- I want to I highlight so badly in this game, and I, I want to connect him with Ivan Tony. When you look at the play of Akayo Tamori, he saved AC Milan's blushes. Cleared almost gave a, a almost give away a penalty though. We'll say that probably should yeah, have but, been but, a pen. But cleared, <laughs> but cleared one off the line, a sure goal yep. off the line, and then lunging tackle to save a, another sure goal that would have made it two one at the time. It just Michael. makes you wonder. Oh, not done yet, Michael. Makes he's doing wonder. his job. That's his job but, to defend. <laughs> but if you look at the England players on the list. Yeah. It makes you wonder which players it, it are making does. those tackle. Eric Dyer is making that tackle, but you can't. You, listen, Absolutely there's no point not. in having these. There's no point in having these conversations anymore because he's already made up his mind. And, and I not. understand what you're saying, but he's doing his job. But, but these. But it, it, it's, it's, my point. My point being that what I love about these two players in Tamori and Ivan Tony, they're showing their value. The truth yeah. comes out. The truth will come out about whether it should have been on the plane or not. Yes, I agree with you. The choice has already been made, but they're showing their value. I still think they should have been on that plane. That's my but point. That's how the you do your talking, there. though. You do yeah, your talking. Yeah, absolutely. On the pitch. Right. Let's move on because there's a lot to discuss about Italy before we get out of here. Roma won, Torino won. Matic uh, rescues Roma a point in this game, but the talking point was Mourinho publicly mm. outing Carstop in obviously three days ago. Uh, a little tweet coming in from Fabrizio Romano. Mourinho, uh, Mourinho three days ago says, there's a player who betrayed everyone else's effort. I told him to find a new club by January. Mourinho said today, I decided not to call Carstop up, Carstop up today and he knows why. It's my decision. And Fabrizio went on to report that Carstop has already left the city with Oof. his family. Family. I mean, this is just not normal for Mourinho as far as I'm concerned. You're putting a player and a human being at risk. I don't care if what he's done. I mean, if he's stepping back from his team, you can't publicly <laughs> out him in a press conference. Wait, wait, Nigel, sorry, you disagree? Nice, Come at me. Nice, here Come we at go. Me. Here we uh, go. I just don't like the point you said this is not normal for Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. No, this thank is you. Thank you. Thank for you. Mourinho. That you. is Jose Mourinho. Why like, would he do that though, Nigel? Why, why would Mourinho it's, publicly it's out a player like that? It's completely wrong. But yeah. sometimes what do you do? You say something crazy to deflect something that you yeah. might not want to be focused on yourself. And I know players who've played with him. I know players. My thing with Jose Mourinho is I think he's a great manager. I think his style of management worked with the old school generation. Mm. That's my generation and older. 
because we never experienced a manager like that to come in to be so warm to these players, filling them with confidence. That's why he was so successful in that generation, that period of football. Yeah. This younger generation is different. He does not have those characters that he had in the older generation in these dressing rooms. I know players who said it's great to play for him. Well, it's actually not great to play for him because hmm. when they win, it's all about him. Hmm. When they lose, it's all on the players. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, he's absolutely wrong in what he did with this situation there because nowadays nice. you have to be held accountable for your words because now you put that guy's family in danger because we know how passionate some fans are about their football club. But to go there, it's horrible. I personally think it's horrible, but I'm not surprised by Jose Mourinho. This is Jose Mourinho style, what he does. Yeah, what, what amplifies it even more, it comes off the heels of the biggest game for Roma in terms of their return arrivals against Lazio. They lose on the losing end. And to pin the entire game on one player, this is the mo well, this is arguably one of the most heated rivalries in the entire country, for sure in Rome, because they're the two biggest teams. That that that's that's a, a word that I never thought I'd use from Reno. I think that's lacking class. That's lacking class mm -hmm. as a manager. I don't like it. I think that players are sometimes built differently as well from our generation in particular, Nigel. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm a bit older than you, but like from my generation, I got fired from my first club for attacking the coach and I never attacked him physically, but I went after him because I was pissed off of the way he was treating a lot of the young players around me. And I was 18 at the time, got fired from my club. I also got fired from a club in, in America for getting after the coach for um, abusing other players um, in a discriminatory mm. fashion. Um, coming from obviously St. Pauli, I learned a lot about discrimination and, and how to treat treat people as human beings and human rights in particular. And, and sometimes when you see shit like this, it drives me absolutely freaking nuts. Mourinho does this type of shit. I'd go straight to his door. Players are different nowadays. You can't do this stuff. I get it. I understand it. But you can't treat human beings like that. You publicly put this guy in a lot of danger in yeah. Rome. He's now having to move his, his whole family out of the city. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling to but me. I've probably said too much, but... Um, no, glad. you're right, Ian. No, because you know what? You're right. Because for me, it's funny because... Managers and coaches talk about keeping things in-house, in-house, in-house. Yeah. Why didn't you yeah. keep that in-house? Why yeah. did you have to put it out there? And you knew when, what you were doing when you were doing it. Keep that in-house. Yeah. As, as a manager or a coach, if someone asks me, well, what happened? We didn't defend well enough. We know what's wrong. Move on to the next. You don't have to publicly name a player. Because when he did that, that means that was personal. That yes. wasn't just football. That was personal. And I've seen some managers do it whenever they write their autobiographies or books or whatever it is. They will put something because it's personal. It's beyond football. And it, mm -hmm. and then yet they're the same managers and coaches want to say, oh, we just want to keep it strictly football. But that for me is it's just wrong on all levels because you put that, fam that guy's family in danger. Let's finish off with uh, some positives. We'll turn to the Bundesliga after Serie A. Um, Bundesliga, it's the last match day, obviously, until January 20th. Now, these Bundesliga players are getting some good time off. Freiburg won by four goals to nil against Union Berlin. Grifo scored a hat-trick in the opening 90 minutes of this game. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, four, Borussia Dortmund two. Joe Scali against Gio Reyna. Both of them started in the game. Massive win for Gladbach. Borussia Dortmund are frustrating as hell to watch right now. They certainly need a striker, and it's a shame that Haller is obviously not fit enough to play. Let's hope he gets a speedy recovery back on the pitch. And Bayern won by two goals to nil against Schalke. Chupandowski on the score sheet once again <laughs> against his former club. He's been on fire. Bayern top by six, uh, top six points uh, clear of Leipzig, who are also on fire. And guess what the first game back is on January 20th? Who's top here? I just want to know who's top. Say that name again one more time. Bayern München. <laughs> Bayern München. One more time. Bayern München at top of the German league, right? Yes, they're top of the league. But... Okay. yeah. First game back, January 20th? 
Leipzig against yep. Bayern Munich. Ooh, that's going to be a Bayern Bayern Munich win. Well, I'll predict it now. Bayern Munich win. Ever since it's in Leipzig. Leipzig. Yeah, ever since Bayern Leipzig Munich win beat Real Madrid, they look like a completely different team. Christian and Christopher and Cuckoo has been lights out. We know that, but Silva showing up with massive goals at the weekend. Another team who the last two matches have just caught my eye a bit. How about Leverkusen? Mm-hmm. Couple yeah. wins. Moussa Diaby oh, wow. on the score sheet. Makes you think about the French national team, the future of it. I know we don't do crystal balls according to our very own Nigel Real Coker. We can't predict the future, so I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But Leverkusen, things are getting right under Xabi Alonso. Xabi Alonso, next Man United manager. (laughs) (laughs) Crystal ball. Put the crystal ball away. Maybe maybe next Chelsea manager. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, let's move on to League One before we get out of here. Monaco uh, 2, Marseille 3. Uh, Alexis Sanchez free kick opened the score. And ben Yedder and Volland gave Monaco a 2-1 lead before Vertu made it 2-2. And Sead Kolasinac, which I'm delighted for, obviously scored a winning goal in the 98th minute of this game because he missed that one in the Champions League. Happy for him. Let me round out the other results before we give you a comment. Mike PSG won by five goals to nil. Five different goal scores against Auxerre. Longs with a 2-1 win over Clermont. They're second in the league. Big win for them. They've yeah. won five in a row. Lons against PSG on December 31st is one to look forward to that second against first uh, but that Marseille comeback and win was pretty special Michael oh man O-M. what I liked about this <laughs> I'm a lifelong Marseille fan man I go to one game and I am all in on this club what I liked about this is because Igor Tudor's hand was forced it's amazing what happens when you put attacking players on the field. Dimitri Payet, former club captain, two assists to lead yeah. you back in a massive game. You are now back in the top four. Jonathan Johnson was probably smashing beer bottles and spilling his wine when he saw that <laughs> stoppage time winner from the last person, I thought, a, a player who needed to redeem himself because think of yes. the Tottenham match. Kolasinac had a wide-open header and missed yep. it, but yep. comes good with this one. Back-to-back wins against big teams. For OM. I like it. Ian, have Paris Saint Germain won the league yet or what? Uh, they, they won it they won it four match days ago, Nigel. Okay, just <laughs> no, well, one additional thing. We don't give Lance enough credit. I think Jonathan Johnson's gave uh Lance enough credit to last two seasons, last show with the weekend preview. But this is a Lance team I got to see in person. Fofana. Keep an eye on him. Avorian midfielder, he can play attacking midfield, he can play box to box. He will be one of the big names leaving Liga this season. I think he's only 18 years old as well, Michael, right? He's a young boy, huh? Uh, everyone's 18 in Liga. <laughs> 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 JJ has talked a lot about this kid, so I'm excited to yeah. see them. I'm actually really looking forward to watching that game. A reminder, December 31st is second against first. It's Lons against PSG. Uh, that wraps up our uh, club football action, boys. The World Cup is here, uh, which seems crazy to say. It is November. Beyond crazy. Still, yeah. it's, it's, it feels surreal. That we're gonna I hope watch, you've, start hope watching you've enjoyed your, your weekend because uh, next week's going to be busy and we're yep. going to head into the World Cup in fashion. We'll have shows a couple of times a day all the way through the World Cup. We've got tons of coverage coming across all the CBS Sports platforms. Social will be very busy indeed. Um, I guess as we wrap things up with club football, Nigel, it's been an interesting run for club football to get to this point because one eye has absolutely been on what's happening with the World Cup. You also have a ton of injuries taking mm. place with players missing out, which is kind of sad. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting time to take a break from club football. It feels yeah. a bit weird. It feels interesting. It just feels surreal. Um, I mean, like you said, some of the injuries starting to pile up again and 
whether it's because of, again, of the quick turnaround of last season to this season, then now you've got the World Cup coming up, players pulling out of challenges. You could, there's so much going on right now. It really is. And I just hope that mentally the players are going to be right. And again, there's always the elephant in the room about the Qatar hosting the World Cup, human rights record. That's going to be in the mind of players now, the scrutiny of the press, the players going to protest, all these type of things yet is still going to happen. While after they finish that, they've got another second half of the season to go to. <laughs> A lot to deal with. Ah, man. Well, credit to these players. To be professional, given how many games have been thrown your way, everything that you know about club football distorted because a World Cup that's been really forced upon you in the winter, first time ever this is happening. You have to be the consummate professional. So uh, we're all players' players. And you know, we'd be rooting for these players to stay healthy throughout one of the biggest events in sports. Yeah, first and foremost, I'm a human being, right? So I look at these types of situations as an opportunity. <laughs> I look at these situations as an opportunity to to showcase uh, who we are, what we are, why we are. And I hope that the players use this stage, use this platform to showcase human rights. I really mm. hope that happens. FIFA will clamp down on it, no doubt about it. They've already done it with the Danish team and I believe another national team where we're trying to wear uh, certain jerseys for warm-ups. Um, obviously, you're going to have the rainbow captain's armbands, um, but you're going to see a lot of players who have a big voice now in the world yeah. stepping up and using this stage as a platform. Mm. But let me just Tell me, go ahead, Nigel, before I move on. I was just going to say, no, I agree with you, Ian. I really hope they do. There's a lot of players who have a big platform, but the problem sometimes I feel is there's a tremendous amount of selfishness in some, some football players. And there's a lot of them who get the limelight, but then we're going to learn a lot about, like you said, who are the real human beings would actually think of other people other than themselves and their, their success, their glory, their celebrity and the money. Because mm -hmm. there are some serious issues there. Sad thing is it shouldn't fall to the players to have to make these protests because people who are in the press in the media when this World Cup was given should have been the most vocal and outspoken about it really than the players have to be. But I hope some players do use their platform for good. I think when the ball rolls in the World Cup, we will all be kind of relieved that the football action is going to take place. And I hope the players use their platform, use this stage and, and be able to protest in a kind and safe way. Um, but I will say this, when that ball does roll, I'm yeah. ready to get down to business. I'm yeah. ready to get down to games. I'm ready to get stuck into a World Cup and really look after it. So um, thanks to everybody. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. Thanks to you boys as well. It's been a great run, obviously, opening uh, House of Champions to get to this point ahead of a World Cup. It's a weird year for all of us, but great stuff as always. I appreciate both of you. Can't wait for USA to get tonked. Uh, can I, you know what? I, I was going to sign off peacefully, but you chose violence. Roll the tape, Des. Let's get to this week. Cannot wait. All right. Thanks so much to everybody out there for listening to House of Champions. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. We're also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube as best as you possibly can. we got a lot to discuss this week. Fabrizio Romano at 9 a.m. Eastern. A lot to discuss now. The Cristiano Ronaldo news has just broken about headlines of betrayal. We also have a preview of groups A through D coming your way at 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow as well. Tuesday, we'll get stuck into Qatar hosting and all the controversy surrounding that one. So look forward to that one on Tuesday coming your way. To everybody out there, thank you so much for commenting. Thank you so much for subscribing, liking, sharing, and sharing the House of Champions with you has been an absolute joy. So Cop Football signing off for now. We're turning into World Cup mode tomorrow. We'll see you then.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.